This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast, Every Step Along the Way. So in today's first midweek pod of the season, we'll discuss three great points versus Blackpool, including some great audio and views from the Stoke fans, as well as some audio and insights on our upcoming trip to Morecambe in the Carabao Cup. Okay, well, uh, good evening, chaps. Uh, Welcome back to everybody to the pod. Uh, Our first midweek pod of uh, the season obviously we said that we're going to start doing these when we had a midweek game and we very much do against Morecambe but uh, before we get into that uh, Dan how are you mate you okay? I am obviously three points always makes the uh, makes you feel a bit better doesn't it so yes I'm very happy thank you mate. Good good and Andy? I'm keeping my results up aren't I two results on the bounce now I've got them right I'm still recovering but I managed to go to the football and see some brilliant football today. Good, mate. Yeah, it was good. And I, I mean, I'll kind of get into it straight away in terms of, you know, the crowd. I, I just put a post out on our feed, actually, just with a couple of pictures. I thought the, the crowd were brilliant today, actually. Um, I mean, I think the, the crowd officially, I think it was around 23,500, I think. Um, so I'm sure there's people on holiday and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, Blackpool fans, they weren't great. They were a bit quiet. But I thought our fans were singing on repeat a lot of the songs, but they still gave a decent atmosphere uh, throughout. And uh, there was a lot of youngsters at the match today, um, for obvious reasons. So, um, yeah, it's good to get three points after a very disappointing Millwall game, as we all know. Um, so, uh, yeah, just Andy, I might as well kind of kick off with you, mate. I mean, in terms of kind of a few things that I pointed out, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. So, I was thinking about breaking this down in my own mind about the defence, because one of the main things I was looking out for today when I saw that team sheet was obviously who was going to play left centre-back, and obviously it turned out to be Wilmot. Now, I'm not sure if you saw it, mate, but clearly for me, the first 10-15 minutes he was trying to to find his feet, wasn't he? Um, you know, he's still trying to figure that out. Uh, but you could see he kind of grew into it. Uh, he started to, to really find his, his feet. I still don't think he's ideal. Uh, at left centre back Wilmot, but uh, I thought you know overall he did really well. Can't really fault him past the first 10-15 minutes. Uh, I think it's still important we find a left centre back. But um, yeah, what, what did you think of Wilmot's performance today? Did you see it how I saw it all? Yeah, I, I pretty much say so you've hit the. I, I always get the same wrong. Is it the, the nail on the head? The nail on the head. I always say the hammer on the nail or something like that. <laughs> so it just doesn't add up. 
But um, yeah, he's doing well considering he's a right-sided centre back at left left centre back, and he's not exactly playing playing poor. But I feel like you do need a left footer there. But he is using you know his weak foot more often. And to be fair, I think you know you could try and see in the cup if Connor Taylor's wanting to play in the cup if he's raring to go, try and give him a go at left centre back, see how he fares there, to see whether you know maybe you could switch Connor Taylor and Ben Wilmot round in the league games. Taylor was really good. I thought it was really oh, solid. Mate. Brilliant yet um, again. The guy, it, 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 you know, bar the odd loose pass, which as we said, is going to happen like any player. You know, he was dominating one team. He would step in. He was trying to step into midfield wherever he could. He was trying to get the ball forward, linking up with obviously, you know, Smallbone who kept coming short for him. Um, you know, he's still learning, but I saw, oh, sorry, sorry, I heard someone behind me uh, say that he's, he's just another suitor. It, it give him 12 months um, and he'll be, on, on Suter's level. Uh, so the thought of having, you know, him and Suter at the back together um, is certainly one to cherish me. Um, so, yeah, I thought Taylor was was really good. I mean, Dan, w- what did you think about Taylor today? It's funny you should say that because about half an hour in, I was thinking to myself, yeah, he's not done any major mess-ups, but he's looked a little bit nervy maybe or a little bit ropey. I think second half, he certainly was a lot, probably a lot stronger, a lot uh, more consistent as the game wore on. And it probably was just a bit of nerves. You know, he's a massive Stoke fan himself. And it's his first, it was home debut, full home debut. And yeah, he's probably just like I say, probably a bit nervous um, playing in front of the big, you know, the crowd for the first time. Because I know he had that substitute appearance, didn't he? But that I suppose that would have been a bit of a whirlwind because he wouldn't. He was only on the bench last minute, and then there was an injury early on, wasn't there? So it wasn't as if he had sort of. He wouldn't have thought he was coming on that day. He would have just been thrown in there, wouldn't he? Like yeah. in the game. Um. So, but yeah, I thought, like I said, there was early on, and there was he went for head the ball, didn't he? And ended up like face down on the floor, and the attacker run past. Down on down the wing, and there was a couple of times where he seemed to get the ball stuck under his feet as he was trying to move it out. And I think, I think he maybe just needed to settle himself down. And like I say, second half, he was a lot. He played a lot better. He seemed a lot more at home. Yeah, yeah, he, he did, mate. And I think it, it's good. It's good to see his development. It's good to see it's coming on. I mean, it's good to see the rest of the players trusted him. I mean, he was our outlet today. Like I said, I mean, it, it wasn't really going through Wilmot so much. You know, the, the players clearly trusted him. I saw, um, you know, again, Joe Bursick having a, a couple of chats with him. And Joe's only a young lad himself. But, you know, he's he's happy to take advice from anyone. You could see him just make, you know, acknowledging the advice he was getting. So, yeah, Taylor, brilliant for me. Um, Clark. Uh, oh, sorry, what? I was, was going to say, if you're on about, like, say, Bursick's not very old. The only, old, the only player with any experience, really, of note in that back six of defence and goalkeeper is Aidan Flint. Yeah. Because, you know, Clark's 20, 21. Timon's 23. Wilmot's 22. Connor Taylor's 19, 20. Bursic's, what, 21? So, check out this then If you think that that Harry Suter's 23 and he's going to be coming back in for Flint soon... Then that is a massive. How young is that back six? Well, you say coming back in for for Flint. I 
I don't know, mate. It's, it's tricky to see which way he's going to go with this, but... For me... Sorry to cut you off there, Mike. For me... I, I'm going to be cutting off in a minute, so don't worry. Yeah, for, for me, Suter plays in the middle because the guy in the middle of the back three is the one, naturally, who's your ball player, yeah. who's your best ball player, and that's Suter. So he'll be taking the ball into midfield, he'll be carrying it forward, he'll be involved, and he also he's in the middle and he's to win everything in the air as well, naturally. Um you wouldn't play Flint on either side. Flint needs the... He wouldn't be playing on the right or the left side of the centre-halves because he, he, he's not mobile enough to play there. If he's going to play, he's got to be playing in the middle. So, and same for Suter. You wouldn't, you, you'd lose a lot of Suter by putting him on the right or the left. He needs to be playing in the middle, really. Fair enough. And we mentioned... Um, what's the name as well, Andy? So, we, we mentioned uh, Clark. I mean, again... He didn't do anything amazing, but you know, again, he was. I thought he was pretty solid. I thought there was times he was a little ropey at the back, but again, it's going to happen. Uh, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get up to speed. So I thought him and Timon were actually still good enough. I mean, Timon was was excellent again. Let, let's be honest, wasn't he? Um, you know, the delivery that that guy has never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> you know, I think. Well, I think there's, there was one or two people I think in pre-season that was slating the guy and calling him. Uh, well, just saying he wasn't good enough, basically. Uh, for me, he just proves to just how wrong those people are. Uh, you know, for me, he, he again that that delivery first goal spot on. Um, and again, the it was a great team move for, for the second goal. But uh, Clark and Timon, they could be a little uh, a good little partnership, couldn't they? Yeah, they're doing very very well. Obviously, wing back to wing back for the first goal. You can't really ask for. Anything more than that. And for the second goal, Timon, like we've said, his crossing is perfect. You, um, I believe, put on the Twitter a couple weeks back, if there's a striker who can get on the end of Timon's crosses, we're going to score hatfuls. And, well, for in the past couple of weeks, we've seen three different players get to the end of crossing these scored. So, you know, if Timon can keep putting crosses like that and we've got the players on the end of them, I don't see why we can't score hatfuls. We might have to just calm him down until the transfer window <laughs> closes. <laughs> Yeah, That'd I mean, those rumours have gone away, haven't they? No, there's not Rangers and Leeds. And they probably will, mate. Monday morning, you watch. It'll, it'll all be back in the papers. There's there's no world where we sell Josh Timon. Unless a ridiculous... I'm talking, you know, 10 million plus. So we can replace him. I don't think him. it is. I mean, can you replace him? No. How many How many really solid left wing backs are there that we can just go out and buy who will firstly come to us? And secondly, we can afford because if we got 10 million for him, he'd be thinking, oh, maybe I can spend this money somewhere else. And we can get a cheaper option in or, you know, this will help to FFP. We wouldn't get the full 10 million on left wing. Back. I don't we think McCarron could do the job there, though. I don't think McCarron no, could take yet. time issues now. But no. going back on Connor Taylor, there is a certain player he reminds me of that used to play for us. One. Robert Huth. OK, where, where's, where's the similarities come in then? Commanding. He's also a very similar height to him. Yeah, with land, land the giants the ball as back. well. So yeah, not, not not a bad person to be compared against, mate. <laughs> I think, talking of giants, what a unit is Aiden Flint? Oh God, yeah, feel like you're reminding me of. It's terrifying. You, you know, you know when you were younger and you were like FIFA or pro. Well, I'll say when you're younger, when you're probably Andy's age. <laughs> <laughs> back. Um, and you know how you can make your own player and you make yeah. him as tall as possible and then as wide as possible. Oh that God, seems yeah. To, that's like Aiden Flint. He's like, and then he like walks on a picture giant. 
Well, next year you can add tattoos to your pro, so it's even better. Oh, dear me. You, you and your bloody FIFA. Anyway. I'll tell, um, tell you what I did notice with him as well. There was second half, there was a free kick. It was you the free kick, and it was just outside the penalty box on the wing for Blackpool. Yeah. And then when it was cleared in, he, 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 he jumped, headed it away, and then he charged out with the ball, and he was screaming at the top of his voice and waving his arms around like, come on, everyone, out, out, out. And I was like, yeah, that's... Doing that's what we've sort of been missing. Everyone sort of leaves it, everyone's left it to each other, didn't they? Last year, and that mm. maybe until Jagielka sort of came in, he did a bit of organizing, but yeah, I was like that. If anything, like you know, the positive of having Flint there, that was that. I noticed as well when you were saying about like um Taylor and Wilmot and carrying the ball out and stuff, that a lot of the time when they were passing it around the defense, they were missing Flint out. So the obviously they're aware of his sort of frailties. Whereas usually it would go, you know, left centre half, centre half to right centre half, back to centre half, back to left. If they were, when they were moving the ball, they were literally going from left centre half to right centre half and back again. And Flint was just sitting three or four yards deeper and just not getting involved in the play. And I think he was happy with that. And that was obviously something that they'd worked on to, you know, he's to help the fluidity of the build up. It, it, by cutting him out. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I can't can't wait to see how this pans out, mate. I really can't. I've, we're not even going to discuss transfers today, but obviously we've still got a left centre-back that we need to bring in, but I don't know, mate. We're, we're going to be uh, very... Well, we're going to be very top-heavy in defence, but either way, let, let's move on. Um, midfield, this is where the game was won for me today. Uh, Baker, Smallbone, brilliant. The link-up play with, with Gale... Uh, and just you know, the general link up play with each other was was great. Sometimes little flicks, tricks, you know, balls, kind of just just literally through the eye of a needle. Sometimes it was it was crazy. Some of the passes of Smallbone was kind of pulling off, and he deserved his man of the match to be honest. But um, I mean, Bar, I thought Baker was solid. Bar Smallbone, Baker was pretty solid. I've hit the bar. Uh, I've, I swear I can still hear that bar rattling now. <laughs> it was it was a hell of a strike, and, and another it was day well that, around, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, Laurent. Was it? Was it Laurent? Okay, yeah, Laurent, well, well, okay. Well, from he where... put out on Twitter saying like he put an emoji of like frustration on. Ah, I was going to say because from where I was sitting, it looked like Baker, um, and everyone around me was saying Baker as to well. Be fair, so... I get them too mixed. <laughs> I get them mixed up as well. They are both yeah. centre midfield. They look very similar to each other, so they play very similar to each other as well. So it's hard to get it. And one has twenty-eight, and one has eight on the back. So I was going to say yeah. Dare yeah, I remember say, eight as Baker. Go on. Dare I say we didn't miss Joe Allen? Oh bloody hell, mate! Don't start that. I can agree um, with you on that, but I do still miss the lad. Yeah, like do you know what I mean? Like the we had mid the midfield just. I mean, I wasn't a Joe Allen eight by any stretch. So yeah, I thought he did a job when he was here, but it just looked like it worked better today. Mm. Like yeah, the roles seem to be more defined, and everyone seemed to. Like Loren just seemed to fit into the side better for me. Yeah, I thought early on he. I, I, I still, I'm, I've not been mind up on him yet. I think there's definitely a good player in there. Hundred percent, there's a good player in there. I've just not seen anything to get me off my seat. Yeah, you can say that the shot against the bar, fine. That that's a shot I would expect any of our midfielders to be able to pull off. To be honest, when he's got you know pretty much a free shot at the edge of the box. So you know, I'm, I, again, jury's out on him. But either way, he's no downgrade. 
So I, I'm I'm perfectly comfortable. Joe Allen, yeah, okay, he's gone. I'm I'm just gonna let that one ride. I'm not gonna get into that debate on this one. We have done it more than enough times. We're not doing it. We are. No, we're, we're not. But the one thing that either way you could say is that all three of them again. I mentioned about link up play with strikers. So for me. Jacob does what Jacob does. Um, he ran all day long. Gale kept coming short. I don't know if you boys noticed that. Yeah, yeah that was clearly short, the way. He got invo- he got involved a lot more than I thought he would. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And that was clearly something they've been working on all week. Drop short, fullbacks push up. Let's play on that. Get in the box. Get, you know that that's how they wanted to do it. Um, and I mean. Like you said, I was surprised at how well he actually did that. And it shows to me and also a lot of other people, other than goals, which he was unlucky not to score, but other than goals, he really can offer something else. Uh, not the target man that we're talking about, but a different type of target man in a way, not someone to hit, but someone who can feed and bring other players in. So I was, it was really good to see that. And you know what? Me and Andy were, were sharing... Um, kind of WhatsApp's down before the game. And he's asked me, Did, have you seen the team? And at that point, I hadn't. And he's like, well, Tyrese has been dropped. Um, and my first thought was, Michael, what are you doing? I'll be honest. And, you know, frankly, Michael made the right decision today. I mean, we all, you know, we, we like Tyrese. It's no surprise on that. I'm sure everybody does. But I think we needed the, we needed a Jacob Brown up there today. Uh, it was very clear. Um, It'd be interesting to see whether Tyrese gets back in and when he gets back in. But for me, Michael nailed it with the two people up front today. I'll I'll come. I want to also go back on about um, Smallbone as well. Mm. I'll go back to him in a minute. But I actually thought today that Jacob Brown was really hit and miss and probably more miss than hit. I know he scored second half. But to me, a lot of the stuff... He looked, you could tell it was his first game of the season and he gets a free pass because it is his first start of the season. And obviously he had the the longest summer, didn't he, because the internationals and everything. So his sort of pre-season was a bit, you know, a bit different to everyone else's. But to me, yeah, I, I just thought was, he was looked a bit, like I say, off the pace a bit today. And um, I'm sure, you know, like I say, he'll... he'll pick up from that and he'll get back to his, his normal self. And I think as the game wore on, a bit like I uh, said with Connor Taylor, he, you know, he sort of settled into it more as, as the game went on. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking to myself, you know, he's he's not at the top of his game here and we are still playing as well as we are as we were doing because we were, to me, to me, we were really good today. Um, and yeah, that was me. Like I say, I thought if, if we could get Brown up a level, that's us going up a level again. Yeah, it, it was it was harsh on Brown to be dropped in the first place, but obviously you can understand when you're bringing in some new strikers that that that's just what's going to happen. But uh, no, I understand what you say, mate. Now you've said it, I do remember a lot of the balls just bouncing off him early early parts of the game. So yeah, I think I think he, either way though with with him, he just he stretches the play, doesn't he? It's the one thing that Gale doesn't do. Um, Tyrese can do, but that's just not his game. He, he's more of a waiting for his opportunity type striker for me a lot of the time. I think Ty, you know, Jacob rather is, is probably the only player that really does that job and does it well. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see how this pans out. I think our team going forward, lads, will be very, very close to what it is today. 
I think that is probably as good as it's going to get, uh, bar any real amazing signings, which, well, we'll see if they come in. Um, any other thoughts on I anything else? Go, yeah, go back on Will Smallbone. Go for it. So he is the reincarnation of Stephen Ireland. I was just about to bring up that point. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously yeah. he's got the look, but just how he plays the game. Just that, you know, the passing, the the, the vision, the, the the thought process, how he sees the game panning out in his head, um, the flicks, the tricks, just the flair. He is literally, it's like Stephen Ireland has come back yeah. again. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's a nice comparison. I didn't thought about that. Yeah, just just even even the way he moves around and got sort of moves around the pitch because mm. you also sort of Ireland have got that sort of just finding so, pockets yeah. of space and moving, laying the ball off first time, playing it into timing and stuff. And I thought I was really impressed with him today. I know I said last week didn't I that we you know people were slating slating the team last week, and I was like yeah, but we got no Nick Powell and we didn't play Smallbone because he wasn't quite fit enough. Now he's and, fit. Now he's fit, and now you think, dare I say it, Nick Powell, we don't need to rush him back if yep. we can keep Will Smallbone fit and playing like that. I've said it's painful to me because Powell's one of my favourite players that he could keep him out of the team. Oh, yeah, if, if he plays like that week in, week out... <laughs> Powell might not even I was actually, I, I was actually looking earlier on, I was thinking... There was a point in the second half and he was playing all these passes off and I was like, if Powell was fit, could we play both of them? <laughs> I was like, where would we play? I'd say in this formation, I, we couldn't, could we? I don't, I no. don't see how we could have two players of that. Of that I mean, to be fair, most teams probably couldn't have two players who like freedom like that. So... I totally get what you're saying, mate, but I definitely don't think there's room for both of them. It's the mm. problem you've got, haven't you, really? They're, they're two brilliant players, and maybe it will get to a point of them being sort of rotation with each other. No, in our look, mate, we play both of them. They both get injured in the same game. <laughs> we, we, we'd have no backup again. <laughs> that would oh, be dear. such our look. It would be um, our look, mate. No, that's, that's cool. So I just thought, I just wanted to, to kind of touch base as well. So uh, we had, obviously, we always like to have our audio, don't we? So uh, we've got some post-match uh, views from, from Blackpool as well. So um, obviously, thanks very much again for sending this in. Let's just have a quick listen to what uh, the Blackpool camp thought. Well, from a Blackpool perspective, it was a disappointing game, disappointing result. I think... It's shown that we're still quite early in our development. Obviously, only two games in under Michael Appleton. Uh, playing a slightly different way, the midfield is learning, and and we were we were outclassed in midfield today. Not up to it in the middle of the park, and that's where the game was won and lost for me. So he obviously made a change at half time to bring Kenny Dougal on to try and shore it up, which did help us a little bit because we were totally out outclassed and uh, overrun in midfield, but. Obviously, the the second half didn't go well either. Uh, some positive bits of play, you know, Josh Bowler was good as always. We looked quite threatening in certain areas of the field and um, some decent movement up front. But I think Gary Medine's injury early on cost us a little bit and we had to switch things up. And we just didn't look uh, clinical enough in front of goal. Only had a couple of chances. And I think we were far beaten by the better side. 
It'll be interesting for the reverse fixture later in the year to see how far we've progressed. Hopefully similar to last season where we start the season slow and work into it. But yeah, plenty of work to be done and plenty of new signings to come in as well. Charlie Patino, one bright spark from the bench, did show uh, sparks of uh, brilliance. But, you know, he's he's going to take time settling and he's only 18. So can he do it on a... Uh, Saturday in Stoke, not quite just yet, but plenty of positive signs there and hopefully with a couple of additions we should be okay this season. Lovely, thank you very much for the overview. Yeah, to be fair, actually a very fair overview as well. I mean, he obviously agrees that the better team won and he's right. And funny enough, he actually said something that I said earlier, you know, the the game was won in midfield. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, Hope you got back okay. So, um, in terms of obviously uh, kind of you know, man of the match polls. Um, so again, I've, I literally looked at this before press record, so it might change slightly, but not enough to affect scores, I don't think. So uh, your top three, uh, not surprisingly. So Josh Timon got 59% of the votes. A small bone got 18% of the votes and Connor Taylor got 6%. There was a, a scattering of others. Um, I think I think Joe Bursley got a couple, even though he didn't have a shot to save, which was uh, funny. Uh, to be fair, you could actually probably argue that all three deserved it in various different ways there. Um, but either way, when you've got three players who all could have got man of the match, it shows that, that things have gone quite well. Um, also, we had a couple of uh, thoughts in as well from a few Stoke fans. So just to read a couple of these out. Uh, so uh, the neutral Stokey, uh, so much better. Uh, we played with intent and with wing backs up the pitch. Blackpool did play into our hands a tad by not pressurising us at all. A good win uh, up and running. Charlie said Smallbone was class. Uh, what we need to do is start going forward more. Gale didn't perform great, but we need to have time to adjust. Taylor needs to be in the team from now on. He's like a brick wall and going forward. Timon and Brown, great as usual. Uh, Flash 1999 said so thought Grail was Gale was great, passing was decent, chased down any ball he could, and he almost scored, but the keeper pulled off a great save. Mothviz, I think uh, Mons transfers this season have been fantastic and all played really well today. I think now we've won more fans will back O'Neill. If we breeze through Morecambe on Tuesday, we should be able to get on his side and hopefully get a string of good results for the winter. Uh, pretty much in the last one. Uh, so Paul Nanji, so a solid performance, small bone excellent, link up play and provided more tempo in the final third. Uh, obviously, uh, Connor Taylor looks a player. So I think pretty much echoing a lot of what we've all kind of um, said there. And uh, yeah, so the, one of the person who also sent in some, uh, some views uh, after the game was Rory. So Rory sent in some audio. Let's have a quick listen to see what she's had to say. What can I say? That was an ace game. Um, Harry Clark and Jacob Brown. I predicted that uh, Jacob Brown would score, so happy we got that. Um, Stoke definitely had control of that game from the start to the end. Um, they just showed that we were the better side and that we wanted that win. And it shows that we can put the effort in and put the passion into the ball. Um, I definitely think that Wilmot and Timon had a right good link up today. Tam with two assists, so he definitely should have got man of the match, not Will Smallbone. Um, I don't think he really played as well today, but um, it was a really good link-up. Um, they were, the fans were getting behind him, they were having a good atmosphere, it was going, and it, the crowd was just, they didn't stop. Obviously, it went quiet, but Blackpool fans, I've never never heard Blackpool fans so quiet in my life. One of them happened to get arrested, which wasn't good. 
Um, Jacob Brown's goal was stunning. Didn't quite catch Harry Clark's goal, but it was it, it's a goal and it got us in the league quite early on. Well, probably about, I think it was 35 minutes, something like that. Um, but it was an amazing game and I hope Stoke can put that in into every game, home and away. Um, so, yeah, 2 now up the Mighty Potters. Thank you very much indeed for the audio, mate. Well, we're almost at the end of the uh, the Blackpool overview, but um, Dan, I think you might have a few more thoughts, mate. You want to just kind of cover off? Uh, yeah, I'll just... Uh, obviously, I thought with, um, Dwight Gale, there was that one chance on the second half where he just sort of... You know, the, as the ball's played into Brown, and Brown just sort of flicked it round to him, and he had that snapshot, and the keeper pulled off a great save. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I just noticed because from the out, from where we were sitting, we were looking through Gale to when the ball was played into Brown, and as the ball's left, I think it was Smallbone's foot into into uh, Brown, Gale had already was already set off on his run, waiting for the pass from Brown, so he was already on the move. And then sort of bending his run so that he stayed yeah. on side, and I thought, yeah, that's that's that striker's instinct. That's why he scores so many goals, and he's still got that. Yeah, we were worried. You know, is he still got it? Is he still saying, yeah, that's that's what he needs. That's what scores in goals. Then movements. Um. So yeah, they they will come for him. He will score goals this season definitely. Um, and on the on the striking front as well, just wanted to say that. Obviously, when Brown did score, obviously the competition's rife there into this season. Obviously, you've got DiMaggio Wright Phillips wants to be kicking on with his career. Tyrese Campbell, you know, he uh, as he's you know said to us, he he wants to play games. That's why he's at this club because he felt he could come and play games, and you know that's that he's not prepared to sit and wait around. Yeah, Jacob Brown scored that goal, and both of them could have thought to themselves, "Oh, that you know that's." That's me waiting a bit longer to get back in the team. Uh, but neither of them did. The celebrations, like, just obviously the players all celebrated and that. And, you know, they were roaring to the crowd. They were right in front of us, Lewis Baker and uh, Jacob Brown. And they were, you know, roaring to the crowd, really getting getting worked up. And then as the rest of the players went away, Tyrese just went over and just gave him a, a re- like a proper hug, like a big grin on his face, smile. <laughs> wrapped his arms around him and gave him a real good hug. And then DeMar- then DiMaggio came in and did the same. And I thought, you yeah, know, that's there's a real togetherness there. You know, there's obviously competition within them, but they're happy for each other to do well as well. It's I was like gonna team say, comes first. Team spirit. Uh, a great, a great thing to have. Yeah, team spirit's something that O'Neill's been banging on about. And let's be honest, when we had the the Vimmers and all this, you know, all those players that didn't want to be here. I'm sure that was going on. I mean, the only thing I remember about interaction with fans was cupping of ears, to be quite frank, mate. So yeah, it, it's good to see. It's good to see that it'll only mean good for the dressing room. It'll only mean good for results. And like you've kind of alluded to there, just togetherness, mate. So yeah, hundred percent good to see. Yeah, and one final thing I will mention is I thought the referee. Uh, obviously, I know he's a former Premier League referee. Bobby Madley, um, but I think he had an excellent game. I know he's getting a bit of stick off the Blackpool fans, and generally maybe if they were feeling hard done to, we would think he was doing well. But I thought he wrapped the game really well. Um, Late flow at times, brought it back. Got his, you know, I can't think of many decisions that he got that I thought he got wrong uh, from no. either side. And there was one in fact where early on, I know Smallbone caught the Blackpool defender in the head. And we ended up with a free kick, which on the back on the sounds of it, you'd think, well, how is that fair? 
but the Blackpool defender had stuck his head down. He'd actually come into the challenge and dicked it. He ducked his head right down. He, sorry, he did. He did what, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> the defender ducked his head right down into the challenge, and um, and obviously he that was the cause of the dangerous play. So the free kick was given for dangerous play. Now nine times out of ten, you would see the referee give that to the defender, like he's the one who's just had a boot straight through his head. So he uses gets a free kick, but actually the referee played it well for me because that's one of my you know, real things that gets on my nerves. It's like the defender's the one doing the dangerous play by sticking his head in that situation. Yeah, and you, one thing I noticed as well, just to kind of wrap this up a little bit. So with the um, the refereeing, you noticed how a lot more things were being left. I know they've been banging on about it on you know on on the Premier League game uh, today about you know referees. Are encouraged not to just foul, you know, sorry, blow up for every little thing, every little knock, and you could see that today. Uh, you're right, mate. I can't fault a single yellow that he gave. Baker deserved his. Uh, the other players, he absolutely nailed it. Which is, um, he can come again. To be, to be quite honest with you. So yeah, good to see. Hopefully, it's a sign of things to come. I've got a feeling it ain't going to be a sign of things to come. To be honest, but um, yeah. So Andy, any final thoughts from you, mate, before we move on? Not particularly, mate. Everyone played extremely well. I feel like, you know, we sold the worst of the two young centre-backs we've got with Connor Taylor staying. And, you know, hopefully we can keep the form going, but we're Stoke fans. You you never know. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a very difficult game. I mean, that's, obviously we've got more come we'll look forward to now, but we've got a difficult game against Huddersfield coming. So it's difficult. Well, time will tell me. Um, but so yeah, um, obviously let's have a quick look ahead to um, obviously Morecambe uh, on obviously on the Carabao Cup. Hopefully, you know we can uh, find our way through. Uh, so let's have a quick look ahead. Okay, well, kick it off then, Andy. Uh, we like to start with yourself, mate. There seems to be a lot of. Ticket allocations and various different stuff going on, mate. So uh, fill us in on what you found for this coming week. I'm just going to say prepare yourselves. There's a lot going on because Blackburn and Reading have also had their ticket information put out. But for Morecambe, um, there is narrow lanes and speed restrictions up towards Morecambe Way. M6 both ways between Junction 26 of the M58 and Junction 21 of the M62. So it's quite compact between that oral interchange and the croft interchange so expect some delays there for the trains do not do it the last train home will be at five past eight unless you want to do an eight hour journey back which includes a four hour layover in preston so i would not recommend it the coach time to be setting off will be 3 30 in the afternoon if you are still wanting to get a coach child for an adult over 65 and under 21 it's 23 pounds and for under 20 for under 18 it will be 22 pounds and remember if you're under 18 you must be supervised by an adult of over the age of 21. the allocation was 1800 i believe we've got around 150 left um seating prices and standing price are five pound different but the main key part if you are going to go and you've got someone who's under 14 in your family it's one pound for standing so you might as well get yourself down there. For Blackburn Rovers on Saturday the 27th, there is an allocation of around 2,400 tickets with 10 wheelchair spaces. Um, season card holders go on first with 80 points or more on the 8th of August. Then normal season card holders on the 11th, followed by membership holders on the 15th and general sale on the 18th. Prices come at 
£25 for adults, over 65s are 20 A young adult is £15, under 17s are 10 and under 11s are £7. And the coaches will depart at 11 o'clock uh, on the morning of the game. With Reading, which is on the Sunday, the 4th of September, you've got an allocation of around 1,650 tickets with nine wheelchair spaces. The sale order is just same with the sa- with the season card holders on the 8th and then with over 80 points on the 8th. Season card holders on the 11th, membership holders on the 15th, and general sale on the 18th. The way that they sell the tickets is a bit different. They do season card holders and members are a little bit cheaper, with an adult being £22, over 50, over 65s being £15, a young adult being £12, an under 18 being £8, and an under 13 being £6. Whereas if you're a non-member, it is £27 for an adult. Over 65, it is £18. For a young adult, it's 15 for under 18, it's £11, and under 13 is £9. And coaches will depart at 7am on the morning for a 12 o'clock kickoff. And breathe. Bloody hell, mate. Now, <laughs> that is impressive. Uh, I'll give you that. That is Jesus. I was going to say, I think me and Mike need to take over. You give Andy a rest. <laughs> <laughs> you I have a lie down, I Andy. thought last week was a lot. God. And what's more impressive is that was, I think, announced, was it just before we started recording, I think. That was announced, much, so, I believe, um, a couple hours before. So trying yeah. to get all that down, as well as editing my own personal vlogs and everything. God, I'm tired. I'm going to definitely sleep tonight. Good lad. Well, um, I'm going to let Dan go first then. So stats-wise, Dan, um, I'm not expecting a rook of stats like we normally get because, well, we don't, we don't think we've ever played them, uh, as far as I can gather. So, uh, Dan, what have you been able to muster up this week, mate? Yes, so our senior side has never played Morecambe. Uh, we've only played them once. That was a few uh, about three years ago. We played them in the football league trophy, the Papa John's LDV auto windscreens, auto glass, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, where yes, yeah, so our under twenty threes played them in that competition, uh, and that amazing under twenty three Charlie Adam was part of the game, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think uh, he scored and they, we had a sending off after about 15 minutes, but we did lose the game 3-1. So yeah, it'll be actually a new side for us. Uh, the ref, I can tell you, is going to be Andy Haynes. Uh, he's never ref to Stoke game either, so it's somewhat new for him. Uh, but yeah, has ref Morecambe three times. Uh, they got a draw and two defeats from that. Um, as for Morecambe and their start to the season... Uh, they only won one game in pre-season. That was their very first friendly against Staley Bridge Celtic. Um, the, the, all the subsequent friendlies, they drew two, lost the rest. Uh, they drew 0-0 in the opening game of the season and uh, they've lost 3-0 to Peterborough today. So they're in the relegation zone, early doors in League One, uh, yet to score a goal. And they finished last season with two goalless games as well. So they're actually four competitive games without a goal. I think, yeah, they um struggling really for much else, to be honest, other than just sort of giving you them kind of stats. There's not really much else to go on. Uh, League Cup-wise, you know, we've, we've had a pretty good record in recent years, haven't we? We've had some good wins. You know, we've beaten what, Wolves, Aston Villa, Watford, three Premier League teams we've beaten away. Uh, let's just hope that we can avoid, you know, the early exit. <laughs> it's a lower league club. Yeah, 
God, yeah, you can only hope, mate. You can only hope. But no, I think you've done pretty well with the uh, the stats there. I mean, Andy, have you got anything else you can add, or has Dan pretty much I've, covered you? I've got pretty much the same. Um, we did play them a bit later on with the under twenty ones because Stoke, for some reason, liked to change between the twenty ones and the twenty threes, where that side had three players who got who are currently in the first Stoke team. Do you want to take a guess at who any of these could be? Oh, how long? So how long was this? Three years. This ago. was twenty eighteen. I would say Josh Timon. He played left mid on the day. Okay. Um, Joe Basic? No, it was Jacob Hogard in goal with Danielle Goalie on the bench. Jacob Hogard. Yeah. God. Um, so are these... Did, did all these players play today or are they just in the squad? Uh, one of them is currently out injured and one of them was long, on later on. I was going to say Harry Souter. Harry Sutor at centre-back, yes, he was. Uh, and obviously, he would have been Tyrese Campbell. Tyrese Campbell up front. Yeah, yeah, there is also Ollie Shenton in that team and a player who people might have forgot of, Scott Wara, who currently plays for Leap Town. Um, the other game that we played against them was back in 2012, where the reserves played against them. And this team include Carlo Nash, Danny Higginbottom, Michael Tong, Wilson Palacios... Diego Aritamendi and Kareem Rossi, who actually scored on the day. Kareem Rossi. Oh, yeah. Mate, there's there's a lot. There's not too much to go off, but Kareem Rossi now plays in the Indonesian league. So, yeah, there's not too much going on. No, you've, you've both done a, a good effort there, to be honest, considering See, that, against the team we've not played. You before, said last probably. week about us being the two Statos. I think for yeah. podcasts, I think me and Dan are the best. Oh yeah, easy mate, easy. Um, <laughs> anyway, but obviously we we can't all claim to know much um, about Morecambe. So uh, what better uh, than to listen to somebody who actually does watch Morecambe? So Joel Shooter has uh, fired over some audio uh, from the Morecambe Shrimp Trust. He's uh, one of the podcast producers there. So uh, he's obviously said, "Can they got in touch with us? Give it a bit of an overview of what to expect in the cup this week." So let's have a listen to what he's got to say. So yeah, my thoughts going into the game, I think uh, relatively positive, really. I mean, opening day, we drew nil against nil-nil against Shrewsbury, and while it was pretty unspectacular, uh, I thought we looked quite solid. So, and that's that's a starting point to go from. Uh, I'm just speaking after uh, our three-nil defeat to Peterborough today. To be honest, we played better than we did against Shrewsbury. We, we looked really good. We missed some really good chances, to be honest. We should have at least had one. And from the game overall, we probably deserved a draw. But uh, Shrewsbury, I mean, not sorry, Shrewsbury, yeah, Peterborough today, they had a couple of long shots that went in from, in the first half and hit us on the counter in the second half. So while the scoreline itself, it doesn't look great, and it is a bit disheartening to lose 3-0, we look at the performance and you've got to take, you know, the positives from it. And the positives are that we matched a team who are going to be gunning for automatic promotion, at least the playoffs in League One, and they didn't really look much better than us at all. We deserved at least a point from it, and we probably had the best chances in the game. So, in terms of the, how we're feeling, personally, I'm feeling quite good. Um, I don't think we'll kind of set up and go into this game against Stoke. I'd say it's going to be the same as always for us under, under Derek Adams. Uh, we do kind of tend to let the opposition have the ball and then break on them a bit. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be completely camped in our own half. He tends to tweak it depending on the opposition, how they like to play, 
Uh, so it will be interesting to see how we kind of line up. I mean, there's always a kind of core set of principles in that defensively we're very organised and everybody knows their roles and has clear responsibilities. But in terms of going forward, uh, Derek likes to give our players a lot of attacking freedom. So do expect to see a bit of that in attack. It's always a little bit unclear who Derek will be playing at this point in the season as well, when it's so early on and we're still trying to figure out players in the side and stuff like that. So it's a little bit unclear who we'll go with exactly personnel-wise. There might be little tweaks here and there, depending on what kind of formation and style Stoke will play in. Stoke are playing, sorry. But yeah, uh, I think overall, feel quite positive going into it. We'll have to see what Derek comes up with on the day to tackle Stoke in terms of score prediction. I'm rubbish with score predictions, so I basically just always go for a mork and win and hope for the best. I'll say I'll say 2-1 to the shrimps. Cheers. Joel, thank you very much indeed for the audio, mate. So, uh, yeah, I'll say for, for a team who've just lost 3-0, uh, yeah, very uh, looking very positive, and he's obviously gone for a mork and win, Dan, so um, hopefully he's wrong, but he did say he's not very good at score predictions. So, yeah, to us, neither are we. I mean, Andy's good, but me and you aren't. Top tip strong, yes. Yeah, yes. Get some, get get your bets on. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So again, feeling confident, mate. So all, all you can all you can really ask. So obviously, all the best for the game. Hopefully, you don't win. But uh, yeah, thanks for for sending it in. Much appreciated. Um, and speaking of predictions, uh, a podcast would not be the same without a certain Mr. Graham McGarry. So let's have a listen to what he had to say as well. Hi there, you Potters predictors. So it's cup football already, only 10 days or so into the new Football League season. And having played one North Lancashire side at the weekend in Blackpool, you're off to play another one. This time you're travelling a little bit further up the motorway to Morecambe for what I believe is the first ever meeting between the two teams, Morecambe against Stoke City. Has a bit of a feel to it, doesn't it, that one? But it's Carabao Cup and who knows what's going to happen. But this is the first road that starts to Wembley. And you never know, it could just be Stoke City's year if everything went their way and got a couple of decent draws as well along the way. They can't be taking it lightly. Morecambe now under the stewardship of Derek Adams, who's done really well since coming back to Morecambe, kept them in League One last season and signed some very experienced players. And if Cole Stockton plays, he's a man who certainly knows how to score goals. Stoke City will obviously change their team and use the squad system. Michael O'Neill will be giving a few players some much-needed game time. And let's hope that team that he selects can get Stoke into the next round of the Carabao Cup. Morecambe nil, Stoke two. Lovely. Cheers, Graham. Thank you, mate. 2-0 Stoke win. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? We, we, it's very, very hard to predict an early, early cup game like this. I mean, as far as kind of predictions go... Um, I think I'm going to come to you first, Dan. What kind of rough team and, and score prediction are you going for, mate? Well, it's a weird one because I know we sort of were speaking before I started, weren't we? And I said, you know, I don't think the manager can afford a defeat at Morecambe, even after today's game. Because if we win the game, a lot of people will just sort of oh, well, you beat Morecambe, you should be beating Morecambe, you're a championship side and all that. And if we lose, or even like, oh, it's the League Cup first round, I don't really care. Whether, you know. But if they lose, it'll be something that will be massively used to to beat the manager with. Mm. So I was like, I don't really want to make many changes. But then when I was putting my team down, <laughs> I was like, 
actually, I can find a player that I don't mind playing in every position. <laughs> it's, it's like, I think Bonham's going to come in goal. Yeah. I don't mind. I think Tom, Tom Sparrow coming in at right right wing back. Yeah. And then left wing back. Obviously, you've got Liam McCarran there, haven't you? Who mm. He's been brought in to be Josh Tymon's understudy. Josh Tymon went off at the end today, didn't he, after a late challenge. I don't think he was so much injured as it was more, right, let's not, you know, let's, let's not take any risks, just get him off. It was like 91st minute or 92nd minute. Well, he went um, down though, didn't he, Timon? It won't look like cramp. And I was like, I mean, I suppose you could have cramp. It's all, all the running is done. But do you think it could just be a cramp rather than, say, a hamstring injury or anything? Yeah, because I don't think it was a hamstring. He, what he did, he knocked. Yeah, it would have been cramp when he was being stretched out. But then he got a real late t- challenge, didn't he? Like, yes. really late. Um, and like I say, he got some treatment for it. And then they just, they just literally just subbed him straight off. And he, right. he didn't seem to, but then he was on the pitch at the end applauding and that. He didn't like, you know, he didn't seem in any sort of discomfort or anything. Okay, I think it was more a case. Game. I think it was more a case of if they are getting frustrated and throwing tackles around, we don't want to be like risking sort of injuries last couple of minutes. Yeah. And Jordan Thompson came on, which was interesting because Thompson went like left wing back when Sam Klukas was playing centre mid. Klukas has played a last minute thing. I don't think we. I think. I don't think Fox was on the bench, was he? No, but so, you, just, you just thought obviously Klukas has played sort of left, you know, left, left back, mid, left wing back before, and so. Uh, um, I, I wasn't too fussed for the last five yeah. minutes. Back to this team, anyway. Obviously, we've got like Sparrow, McCarran, and then you've got probably Connor Taylor stays in. You know, again, more more experience for him. Could bring Jagielka into the middle of the defence. Give Flint a rest. So we haven't got to play three games in a week. And probably bring Fox in as a natural left-footed defender. I know as much as Michael sounds bad about that, it's it's probably the only thing we can do. It's not much we've got. Yeah, Gavin Kilkenny's obviously very highly rated at Bournemouth, so he can come in with Jordan Thompson, and you can have Sam Lucas as the more attacking in the three midfield. You've got three very good ball-playing midfielders there. I'd play Thompson more attacking, in my opinion. You would expect them three to be able to create chances, wouldn't you? Yeah. And then obviously you've got Tyrese Campbell and Demarjo Wright Phillips, who will be chomping at the bit to make an impact and you know stay on the coattails of the two that have played today and done well. He's not going to risk Dwight Gale because the last thing he wants, the last thing he wants is Will Smallbone, Dwight Gale picking up an injury at Morecambe and people saying, "Why are you playing those? Why are you playing your best players who you haven't, you know?" Dwight Gale's your finish. He's been brought in to score the goals and he's got injured in a you know, League Cup first round tie away at Morecambe. Mm. And and then you've got like Smallbone. Smallbone's coming in. He's, you know, your Nick Powell replacement. If he's out for three months because he picks up an injury on Tuesday night, again, the manager will be slated. They want to win the game. And I think that side, you know, that side there's got 10 changes. And to me, it's, wins the game it's still yeah. a good chance of winning the game yeah. i agree with you mate i've gone for the same yeah, practically i'm looking at it here practically the same thing so um i've got the same defense as you uh i'm now bringing fox in now you've mentioned that i forgot all about him i think you're right i think that's probably the right decision yeah i've got mccarran and sparrow fullbacks i've got thompson kilkenny and Klukas in the middle 
because um, I think he'll play Klukas with a shadow of a doubt. Uh, but my strikers are Campbell and Tezgal. I think Tezgal will get a run out, um, and we will bring Dimaggio on at some point. Without, with again, with, without a doubt, I'm sure he'll play. Um, Andy, any dramatic changes, mate? I think no, Dan's got the exact same team as me. Ah, there you go. You can't, um, so, you can't really play anything else, can you, really, unless you want to risk injuries with the amount of squad depth we've got at the moment. No, no, you can't, mate. And, and what score predictions are we going for, by the way? I don't I want don't to go over it... the top with it. <laughs> I don't think it'll be a walk in the park. I think it'll be possibly 3-1, but sealed late on. Like, I think it'll, I think we'll probably, we'll take the lead. It'll be nearly probably like two, you know, two one for a long time, and we maybe sneak a third goal right at the end. Okay, make sure you get this on your on your table so we can keep track. Um, of course. <laughs> Andy, what score are you going for? I'm going to go for a two one. Two one. I've gone one nil. So there you go, Dan. Um, I think we did. We all predict wins against Blackpool, so we all get some points at least. Um, yeah. I think. Did anyone of you predict two nil? I did predict 2 0. Andy, oh. Andy predicted 1 0. I predicted 1 0 to carry on with history. Yeah, I was yeah, being very I'm... optimistic with 3 1, wasn't I? Oh, well. I was hoping they'd score so we'd have to go and attack again and then I could get me 3 1. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um... Do you really think we would have attacked if you went 2 1? <laughs> no, we all know yeah. exactly what would have happened, don't we? <laughs> Uh, Josh said to me at half time, he's like, yeah, we're doing good, aren't we, Dad? I was like, yeah, Don't we are, mate. Um, we need another goal, though, because even if we're 3-0 up, you're never happy as a Stoke fan. That's one thing you need to learn. And he's like, OK, no. But let's go back to Cardiff. <laughs> well, there you go. Prime example. <laughs> Do you hear there was a ch- there was a chance, wasn't there, about, about 10 minutes after ex- uh, ten minutes after half time, where uh, I think, was it Josh Bowler for Blackpool? And he sort of yeah. run across the pitch and then just killed it and it, Killed just wide of the far post mm. along the floor. Well, literally, as he picked the ball up on the wing, I'd said to Freya, like, my, my, he said to her, said, do, I said, Oh, do you think we're going to win this then? And she went, Yeah, they're not scoring. They aren't going to score any goals God. today. <laughs> and I was, as she said it, I was watching thing. I was like, And then he hit it. I was like, Oh, no. <laughs> That's when Josh Bowler ran through about four or five of our players, wasn't it? Yeah. He looks a good player, actually. He looked really good. Today. I can see why we wanted him in January. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be very tricky. Mm. Right. Um, any other final thoughts? Anything you think I've missed? Is this where you go, oh, but I wanted to discuss this? So, <laughs> anything else from either of you? No, I don't think so. No, no. no I, think we've, uh, I think we've covered a lot, haven't we? We shall yeah. hopefully. We, we're sitting back down here Wednesday, aren't we, for the pod that will be out Friday? Yeah, and obviously that's the good thing because we said about these midweek pods, that's why, you know, if anyone's wondering why we've kind of gone into a lot more detail, it's because these pods allow us to do that in terms of the, you know, the the midweek matches. It allows us to actually spend some more time on the actual, you know, post-match reviews and stuff like that. Um, so it gives us a bit more time to do that, which, to be frank, we if we spent that much time with all the transfer and all the club news, it'd be a three-hour pod, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, it gives us a chance to speak through that, fans' questions, fans' views, etc. So, thank you for everybody who's obviously sent in the, the views um, today, obviously, aka Saturday as we're recording this. Um, almost Sunday, because Dan took so long to get uh, himself <laughs> sorted. But we'll, Give it we'll, 25 we'll, minutes. We'll, we'll, we'll let him off, he's always late. Um, so, yeah, either way, boys, uh, I will see you both on uh, on Wednesday for our recording. 
Um, and I wish you all a, a happy Sunday. And uh, yeah, I'll see you all soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.